September 24th, 2015. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Bill Grunion. And tonight we have as our special guest, best-selling author Karim Elkusa, who will discuss his factual historical book, Jesus the Phoenician, and his Dan Brown-style thriller, The Phoenician Code. Karim is in Los Angeles on a lecture tour. He'll be speaking and book signing at Glendale Masonic Center on Sunday the 27th. Now, we have reviewed Jesus the Phoenician on a previous broadcast, and Karim honored us by quoting our review on the back of the book jacket of his hardback version of Jesus the Phoenician. So, please join us for an hour of surprises, such as... There was no Nazareth in Jesus' time, and Bethlehem was really in Galilee. And most importantly, Karim confirms what we have been saying for years. Jesus was the son of El, not Jehovah. So tune in with us and get the gospel Phoenician style. Uh, Karim, are you are you uh, with us? Yes, I am with you, Pope. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh well, glad to have you, and we're we're well, we're honored to have you. And and uh, uh, you know what I would like to uh, start off with here, to, so so our uh, listeners can really uh, get a handle on this, is uh, we mentioned, uh, and I just mentioned in the abstract here that uh, that uh, Jesus was the son of El, not Jehovah, and. Uh, we've discussed on previous broadcasts uh, that uh, that there were there are really two versions of the Bible that are blended into one, uh, which was one of the things that Ezra accomplished, as we know. Uh, and one version is uh, the version that we call the lowest version of the Bible, uh, and uh, and then the other one is the Yahwehist version of the Bible. And what Ezra did, as we know, is he just stuck. He, he took both versions and blended them together and just stuck Yahweh in everywhere everywhere else showed up he 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 put Yahweh in there and to try to uh to uh Jehovahize the whole bible and and uh, so what what uh apparently you are suggesting in in uh, Jesus of Phoenician and and of course correct me if I'm wrong about this is that way back uh, perhaps inspired by Incanaten, uh a, a Phoenician Egyptian connection, uh, which was was a considerable connection in those days, uh, that a monotheistic uh, religion actually developed in Phoenicia, and and uh, with the idea that El or El El Elyon was was the one God. Now, whether or not uh, the rest of the Phoenician pantheon were subsumed in El Elyon, I'm not sure. Maybe you can answer that for us. But uh, that uh, that El Elyon, uh, that that there was that, that that is actually the origin of of the um, uh, of the the lowest books in the Bible. And including the book of Enoch, which was also Canaanite. Now, uh, and so Jesus, when he Jesus was uh, definitely a Galilean, and and uh, and that uh, and he was certainly in the lowest uh, tradition. And as uh, as was stated in Hebrews, uh, he was a priest after the order of Melchizedek, and Melchizedek was certainly in, in, in the lowest. Now, am I is is all that is, is what I've been saying uh, uh, pretty much lined up with what you're what you're getting across, or, or or have I made some errors here? No, exactly. What you're saying is 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 right, is correct. Now we have to understand something that the Old Testament has been uh, compiling many narrations from different civilizations like the Phoenicians and the Egyptians and even the Mesopotamians at a certain point. And the Old Testament was following a certain propaganda, basically by uh, uh, a propaganda that was performed and exercised by the Persian, uh, by the Persian Emperor uh, Cyrus II. The, 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 uh, to, to go back to 2,000 years 
before that time and uh, claim that Moses and the patriarch have existed at a certain point in history is mere illusion. Uh, 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 there is no proof whatsoever uh, considering their 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 existence. Now, if we're going back to the idea of the of God, the Father of all, uh, as uh, been mentioned by the in definition uh, theology and religion, we understand that this name uh, is the Father of all gods, and there is a pantheon of gods in the Phoenician uh, theology. Now we have to understand that this L, this L Elyon, L the Most High, which means L the Most High, uh, is actually uh, the the one God. The idea of monotheism has, has really existed in Phoenicia. We can go go back to 2,000 years BC, 3,000 years BC, and so forth. Now the Egyptians, with the connection with the Phoenicians at the time of Thotmos the, the third, when he arrived uh, in Phoenicia uh, and especially uh, meeting with the Enochian, a priest at Mount Carmel, he got the idea of the one God from them and he took this idea to Egypt. But at the time, it was like an esoteric, an esoteric society, a secret teachings that have been given to the Egyptian priests uh, by Tutmos the third. Uh, it followed then by Akhenaton, who took this idea of the one god, Aton, who is basically similar to the Phoenician god Adon, or Adonis, and exercised a monotheism belief in Egypt. The, the Hebrew, uh, we can safely say that they were not in existence at the time. According to my theory, I believe that uh, the Persians, like the like the Assyrians before them, uh, exercised a policy of transfer of population from a certain place to another place within the empire, within the Assyrian Empire, or within the Persian Empire. So Cyrus II, in around sixth century BC, uh, wrote the Edict, transferred a group of people from Babylon and Ur of the Chaldeans. Uh, into the land of Canaan, of the land of Canaan. And these people, where they crossed the river, uh, the Phoenicians called them Abiru al-Nahar, those who crossed the river, the Hebraniyin, the Hebrews. But that was later in history. So if you're going to focus about the, the idea of monotheism, it is purely a Phoenician, Egyptian, uh, principle. Well, uh, the uh, yeah, that, that's uh, that's what I I think. There's one thing though that I that I really uh, want to uh, kind of uh, address along this line, and that is is uh, Lady Asher out of the sea, or uh, or uh, Our Lady of Biblos, uh, the. Uh, um, in 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 ancient in the most ancient uh, Canaanite uh, uh, um, text that we have, uh, we have El uh, El uh, is almost a Zeus like character in the Ugarit uh, you know uh, version of, of Phoenician mythology, uh, and he's uh, he rules with Lady Asher out of the sea, uh, and uh, and. Uh, where does uh, where does I, I know you mentioned several times you mentioned Astarte and and Asherah in in uh, Jesus the Phoenician in connection with with Mary primarily Jesus' mother. Uh, how do you how do, how do you uh, equate do you uh, do you equate El and and uh, and and his consort Lady Asherah as as uh, as as two halves of, of of one entity or do you conceive them uh, or do you if you put uh, uh, Lady Asherat uh, in in, uh, in 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 some other position. How how, how do you handle that in 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 in, uh, in your uh, in your in, in the theology that you're suggesting? The 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 Phoenician pantheon consisted first of the father of all, which is El. I just told you about. Now the second role, the second uh, category of 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 gods is the, are the goddesses. The second category is the goddess 
Ashtarte, which is who is the escort of hell, but she is of the second category of the of the deities that existed in the Phoenician pantheon, along with with Anat and Ashirai and Ashtarte, and so all they they do function as the mother goddess, as the queen of heaven, as the lady virgin Anat. Uh, and we have the third category of, of gods and deities. Uh, we have uh, uh, the uh, uh, like uh, the sons of El, the uh, the Elohim, uh, for example, Baal, uh, uh, Adonis, uh, Yao, uh, Shalim, Yao and Yam uh, are the same uh, deity of water. And we have yeah. the rest of the gods, the rest of the gods and the goddesses that appeared in the Fe- in the Phoenician the Phoenician pantheon. But first of all, we have like uh, a council, you know, it's like a council of gods and goddesses presided by one god, father of all, it's Ad. Yeah, they, uh, they, uh, 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 the pantheon that, uh, the, you know, that we're familiar with, uh, of course, uh, has uh, uh, Astarte as, as, uh, uh, as the daughter of, uh, as as a sense in a sense the daughter of El, and, exactly, uh, exactly. Yeah, right, right. She's she's the daughter of El, and and of course, uh, and 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 she is in a way uh, a sort of a later version of Anath, uh, you know, a more a more exactly. loving version. Of, yeah, a more loving version of Anath. Uh, and Anath being a pretty ferocious uh, uh, virgin warrior goddess, as as, as we know, but, uh, but, but but not yeah. But excuse me, excuse me, Pope. Not all the time uh, Anath was pictured as uh, as a warrior. Uh, sometimes we have in the Ugaritic uh, tablet that God Il asked Anath to to spread love and the and the uh, all over the all over the the earth and to plant love and peace. And the fields. So sometimes uh, she was given the role of a warrior as a defender in that sense. Uh, and in other in other terms, she was given the role of a protector, and she was given a role of finally uh, making peace happen by spreading love and peace all over the earth. So this is the idea that we are concentrating on when uh, when we find the wisdom that existed back then. We don't know how how many years back, but definitely thousands of years back, there was a wisdom, a certain kind of wisdom, an evolved system of theology uh, in, in Phoenicia, and it was uh, definitely uh, became a most universal and most, uh, uh, you know, uh, with, with the coming of Jesus as being the son of Ali himself. Yeah, right. The the thing that, that, that uh, you know, here in this country, uh, we have been uh, ever since the nineteen uh, since the nineteen sixties, the late sixties, we've been trying to revive uh, appreciation of, of the goddess, and and in uh, and mostly in in a European sense. But but uh, one of the innovations that uh, my particular uh, church did uh, is that we decided to go back, you know, uh, and, and go back to the uh you know to the to the original roots and and uh and start off uh you remember i i, I mentioned one time jesse weston's from ritual to romance where she says the whole holy grail uh mythos all starts at a faca up on the lebanon back back when the river uh you know when the river ran yeah. ran red with the blood of adonis and 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 uh, trace that all the way through. So that's that's, that's what inspired us uh, to uh, to recreate the uh, and to try to recreate a hermetic to do a hermetic version of the of the ancient uh, 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 Canaanite seasonal ceremonies, and and uh, and to try to to try to to, to uh, bring this pantheon this ancient pantheon back to life. Of course, eventually this ancient pantheon, you know, while Mal and Astarte eventually, through a whole series of evolutions, end up as as uh, Jesus and Mary in the end. They that 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 the way it ends up, uh, at least according to uh, the Nessaene document of uh, that Hippolytus managed to preserve. But uh, do you uh, how do you feel about uh, about uh, 
uh, Jesus uh, and uh, and Mary Magdalene. Do you do you uh, do you think there's any possibility that they could have that they could have been a couple? Uh, what I just want to thank you for for resurrecting the the Canaanite uh, rituals that you're doing. What you're doing is just great, and I must admire that. Uh, it's very important to find that in 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 the states today in this age, somebody that is. Uh, resuscitating the rejuvenating the energy of the ancients, and I must uh, thank you for that. Now, concerning the 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 question whether Jesus and Mary Magdalene had any uh, relation whatsoever together as a couple, it's uh, basically uh, um, not a fundamental uh, idea. It has no roots. This idea at all. The the relation between Jesus uh, Yahushu and Mariam. Uh, Al-Majdal of Magdala is a relation between uh, between a high priest between a master between a son of God and a daughter of God and a teacher, uh, a disciple uh, uh, when in the uh, the gospel of Philip which Dan Brown actually used to, to promote his book uh, there is no actual uh, 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 understanding that such a kiss by Jesus given to Mary Magdalene was ever been a sexual kiss or uh, of that sort. It was just a kiss. It could be on the forehead, it could be on the cheek, or even if it is on the mouth, it, is, it does not relate to any sexual relation or any, uh, you know what I mean. It's a just uh, an initiation kiss from mouth to mouth. He is giving her the breath of life. She is one of his biggest disciples. She is a priestess. We all know that Mary Magdalene is a Phoenician priestess. So basically, we're following that route of of uh, uh, joining together all the Phoenician theology that has been uh, studied and that has been practiced in Phoenicia and to a certain extent in, in Egypt in different names like Isis and Osiris and Horus. Uh, at the time of Jesus, and it is very important to understand that what has been given, what has been uh, practiced as a myth, the myth of Adonis, uh, of Adon, uh, being uh, killed by the bear and uh, resurrecting uh, in April, and, uh, and the death of the phoenix and resurrecting after three days, is basically the death of Jesus sacrificing himself on the altar of humanity, defending uh, humanity in a way, and resurrecting in April, in the same month that Adonis resurrected thousands of years ago, and after three days, the same as, the same, uh, the same what has been done with, with the phoenix resurrecting after three days. So the connection is, is really interesting to, to, to understand. Yeah, right. The uh, well, let's uh, uh, let's uh, kind of leave that where it's at. Although it, I'm perfectly uh, okay with the idea that both Jesus and and Mary Magdalene were both both had probably both taken Nazarite type vows, and and they could have very well exactly. had, a, had a celibate relationship. That's very very possible. And and uh, uh, and uh, but uh, I I you know. I, the reason why I ask the question is, is because Jesus, uh, there seems to be a, 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 a desire, especially on, with former Roman Catholics, uh, to uh, to not to not see uh, uh, Mary as uh, to see Mary as the mother, but not as not as the consort, and and of course. That that does not fulfill uh, the, the the problem with that is it doesn't fulfill uh, the uh, the Nessaean, uh, uh theory that 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 uh, you know Isis and Osiris and and and, and uh, Baal and Astarte and and, and uh, Venus and Adonis and all of these pagan god gods and goddesses they all end up. Uh, eventually, uh, in the form of, of Jesus and whoever Jesus's consort would have been, and that—that's why I'm, I'm mentioning this because uh, uh, Mary, even though it could have been a celibate, I, even though the, 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 the relationship certainly could have been celibate, uh, but you know, it, it, uh, that, that's why—that's why I wanted to know uh, whether we could, uh, and, and uh, whether you 
uh, your idea of of, uh, of uh, Jesus fulfilling uh, the, the 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 formula of the evolution of the dying gods, you know, um, and the way the dying gods uh, and their consorts. Yes. And it, yes. It, it, yes. And interestingly enough, uh, as as we do on Seven Gates um, um, every fall. Uh, the goddess comes down and resurrects the dying god, and and uh, and anoints him. Yes, and, re- and, re- yes, and yes. resurrects him. And and Mary, Mary Magdalene, of course, was one of the. You know, she she even in the Gospels, the regular synoptic gospel, she she is is the one who anoints Jesus after he's dead, and you know she takes care of him, and 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 she's there at the cross, and and so. She's, and then she's the first one to see him when he rises. To witness, to witness his resurrection. Yeah, yeah. yeah so she is the this, this, Exactly. This is this has changed. What has been? That's what I'm telling telling you. I'm trying to say here that the religion has evolved from the idea of of the female resurrecting the male uh, two thousand three thousand years back to uh, being just a companion at the time of the resurrection because the power now is with the male to resurrect himself uh, from from that so it's an evolution process of the of the theological system of the phoenicians things have evolved 2000 to 3000 years uh, and the virgin is definitely evolved from that time to the time of jesus so maryam uh, of maryam of magdala played an important role as a priestess and as a witness of his resurrection, whereas he played the role of the resurrecting God. Uh, so uh, this a little bit is uh, differs from the ancient times, but stays with the same concept of the Son of God that dies and uh, to save uh, humanity and to resurrect after three days. The same, the concept, the core concept, remained the same. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's move away from that. And 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 uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, one of the things that I mentioned uh, in in the abstract here was that we were going to we were going to surprise people by informing them that there was no Nazareth in in uh, in uh, Jesus's uh, time. They hadn't built it yet, and and that that uh, and of course. Uh, that that you you revealed that through your archaeological research and and uh, and Bethlehem was much more prominent in Galilee than it was in Judea and so probably Bethlehem especially if, if Joseph was a Galilean and uh, and and especially and if Mary was was also that Galilee that, that, that Bethlehem yeah, would that, be that, would be the yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. So talking about Nazareth, Nazareth was not there at the time of Jesus. It came later on. It's a it's a name that uh, that derives from the word Nazorean or Nazarene or Nazarite. Right. Right. Uh, this yeah. name given to a certain uh, group of people like Jesus, Yahushu, uh, Yohanan, uh, Mary Magdalene, and Paul, who decided to became to become the the ascetic branch of uh, the uh, consecrating themselves to God, to the work of God, uh, mm-hmm. being part of the, uh, a bigger group called the Asayas. The Asayas, uh, sometimes they are called the Asins, but the, the, be- the best name to call them is the Asayas because the Asaya is an as uh, Ashaya or Asaya is a Syriac uh, Phoenician mm-hmm. name that means that means healer. And, uh, of course, definitely uh, these people were healers. The Qumran community that existed by uh, uh, River uh, Jordan, these were Orthodox Jews and has nothing to do with the, with the group of Jesus and the, surrounding, uh, and the surrounding region of Mount Carmel and Bethlehem of, of Galilee. And now, uh, as we said, so Nazareth came later as a name and... Uh, was uh, deriving, derived from the uh, the name given to those uh, people that consecrated themselves to God, and then uh, Nazareth came as a village, as a place to where they used to 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 practice their rituals and their prayers. On the uh, as for Bethlehem, it's definitely it's definitely the Bethlehem of Galilee because the Bethlehem of Judea 
was not actually, uh, it did not exist at the time of Jesus. It was just a cemetery uh, uh, at the time of Jesus. But it was later, uh, in the third or fourth century, at the time of the of the Roman Empire, when the Romans decided to have Christianity as their uh, organized religion, with uh, Constantine and his mother Helena, then they invented the idea of uh, of uh, of Bethlehem in in Judea, uh, and somehow it seems that also, if you go back, uh, look at the New Testament. Uh, many of the older scholars nowadays agree uh, that uh, Matthew had decided to shift the two Bethlehems, the Bethlehem of uh, Galilee, to make it the Bethlehem of Judea, because he addressed his gospel to the Jews at the time, trying to convince him to convince them that this Mashiach, that this Yahushua Jesus, yeah. is actually the the Messiah that you have been waiting for here. He's got been born in the in the Bethlehem that is related. To to King David, and this is all uh, 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 without any historical proof whatsoever. So Bethlehem well, in Galilee, yeah. Go ahead. I understand that. I understand that. Uh, that as far as uh, as far as the Davidian the, the Davidian line, uh, that that most of the uh, uh, most of the uh, uh, people who could do, and the most of the Judean people who who claimed who could claim descent. Uh, from David and, and, and of course Solomon, that from that line, were left back in Babylon. They never came with uh, with with Ezra and Zerubbabel, and they never they never made the uh, they never crossed the river. They stayed in Babylon, and and so uh, if this was the city of if Bethlehem and of Judea was the city of David, maybe that was another one of Ezra's. Uh, uh, maybe that was another one of Ezra's kind of uh, redactions, if we to use the scholarly term for what Ezra did. He didn't. He didn't change the Bible. He redacted it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you yeah. Think, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, but speaking of uh, speaking of that, uh, I think uh, uh, the um, something I, I wanted to discuss with you uh, was that. Um, that you you uh, you kind of get the impression that because we can, we we all know, including the scholars, well, all biblical scholars agree that Ezra redacted the Bible. He's the redactor. Okay, we we all agree on that. But uh, um, uh, what I'm kind of wondering is uh, that does not. I don't think that means. And I, I, you give the impression that that that. Ezra created the that he invented uh the history of the Jews uh and and uh, uh I'm not sure that but what I want to ask you about is that the Samaritans uh and there are about 800 of them left uh that that are they they have a Torah that that they claim is originally older than uh, than uh, than the one that uh that Ezra was using and uh, and you know they might be right, and, and although the all we have is more is medieval type copies of it, but but um, and don't don't uh, I I think it, it's it it is possible, and my and my colleague uh, Michael Johnson uh, who and we both think that it's possible Ezra took that original Torah that the Samaritans had. And he and he redacted that one and and you know used that to uh, uh, in in uh, and to, to recreate his version of uh, of the Old Testament and uh, and uh, what what do you think of that Samaritan uh, that theory? You you mean uh, I didn't follow you. What's what's the name? Of, well, what I'm of the saying. What I'm mentioned? saying. Well, what I'm saying is, is that Ezra, rather than just inventing, ah, Ezra, Ezra, uh, yes, yes, yes. I know, I know okay, Ezra. We know Ezra. We, we know now, 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 now. We we know Ezra invented a lot of stuff, and he grabbed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we know, we know, we know. You mentioned the Sargon Moses, the, the Sargon Moses connection, where Sargon was exactly. in the bulrushes and all that. Uh, exactly. Uh, and you used you 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 missed. You missed, of course, uh, Manetho's version of the Exodus, which I was surprised that you missed that one. Uh, but uh, and and 
there's also another Egyptian story about a magician parting the parting a lake to recover a lost bracelet for a pharaoh. That this sounds very much like Moses parting the Red Sea. So we 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 yeah, we we know that, that that Ezra was very creative, and we know he probably borrowed borrowed uh, Noah from from uh, you know from the Babylonians and, exactly. and the whole you know, the Noah story and. So a lot of this uh, was, uh, was, and then pieces of the Book of Enoch that he that he borrowed, and we know we know he borrowed all this stuff. But uh, the Samaritans, they're in their their version of the Torah, and they were, you know, they they were there when when Ezra when Ezra and his bunch with Zerubbabel they came in. Here they found the Samaritans there practicing uh, Judaism, and they hated them, of course. And then they made up this story about them being the being Cuthians, you know, the cursed Cuthians, and 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 they just turned the whole thing around and accused them of being Babylonian pagans, and and uh, and what I'm what I'm saying is is that it looks like that part of what Ezra used to create this this hoax of his uh, was was that was the original Samaritan uh, uh, version of the Bible, and that that's what I'm wondering yeah. what, what what's your opinion on it is on that yeah. Is. yeah. Yeah, I was, I was just, uh, I'm following you exactly now. So uh, we, we believe that that uh, that uh, the, the Old Testament, as I said before, is a compilation of many stories relating uh, to Phoenician, Egyptian, and Mesopotamian. There's no doubt about that. Now, what happened is that at the time of Cyrus II, Cyrus II, uh, when they controlled, when the Persians controlled all the area, the area of Egypt, they attacked Egypt and they... And they and they conquered it, and all the land of Canaan and everything around and Babylon when they fall when it fall it fell with the with the Persians. Now they controlled the whole area. So this uh, this uh, uh, Persian ruler uh, or king Cyrus II decided to move the people of of Babylonian and uh, Chaldean from the city of Ur to the land of Canaan as part of his policy of transfer. When they, previously when they had uh, Egypt under their control and when they had uh, Babylon under their control, so they started to formulate the Old Testament under the 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 uh, the master minding mind of uh, of of Ezra, who is known also as Estras. He is a Persian scribe. Uh, and Nehemiah as well, even the Old Testament mentions that Ezra is Estras and Nehemiah are Persian scribes. So these people, they manipulated the whole history back then and they decided to create something that is related to what we know as the Biblical Israel. So they created, they invented it. Judaism is not but a, but but a Persian propaganda to me. So they fixed everything all together, and they sent this group of people that is composed of priests and families to the land of Canaan. And uh, it is it is true that is mentioned in the Old Testament that Cyrus II is the only non-Jew that has been given the title of the Messiah. We wonder about that. How Cyrus II, who is Persian, to get the title of the Messiah, which is a Jewish thing. So the idea is, and and Cyrus II also commissioned commissioned the the building of the Temple of Zorobabel, uh, which is the so, which is known traditionally as the second Temple of the Jews. But to me, it's the first Temple of this stock of humanity called the Ibranian, the Hebrews, or those who cross the river, uh, and. Part of the manipulation, they invented the story of Solomon based on Melchizedek, uh, 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 who consecrated uh, Ur Shalim, who consecrated the city of Shalim, that goes back to Shalim, the son of El, uh, that consecrated Ur Shalim to the, the God, to the son of God, Shalim. And the temple that was built before and the city that was built before by the Jebusites uh, who were actually a Canaanite uh, tribe, a Canaanite Amorite tribe. They built the city around uh, 1500 BC, around 2000 actually, because we have records of the Egyptian mentioning Shalim uh, in the 19th century BC. 
So it could be uh, back then or a bit later. But it was Melchizedek who became the high priest of Shalim, of Ur Shalim, who consecrated mm-hmm. the temple to Shalim. So this temple that was known in the Phoenician territory in Jerusalem as the Temple of Shalim was manipulated by Israel and Nehemiah and became the Temple of Shlomo, and which is the Temple of Solomon. So the whole concept of the, of the Old Testament is definitely uh, a propaganda part of the Persian uh, uh, policy uh, and politics uh, were during their uh, their uh, their uh, their, uh, their expansion the expansion of their of their empire all around the territories that has been actually mentioned as the promise of God to Abraham so the promise of God to Abraham if you look at the geography you will find that it is the same the same area that has that has been the expansion area of Cyrus the second so it is not the promise of God to Abraham it's the promise of Cyrus to a group of people that has been living in uh, Chaldea and Babylon and moved them to the promised land which is the land of Canaan let's uh, let's talk about Solomon's temple a little bit um, because of course naturally that's very important to the Masonic uh, tradition and and uh, um, but I uh, I got the impression from reading uh, your your uh, both your books uh, you know the uh, Phoenician Code and also the uh, uh, Jesus the Phoenician that you you were suggesting that actually uh, what they were really talking about was that was the Temple of Melkart at Tyre. And exactly. That, there, exactly. There is a lot of so there's a lot of similarity. Not only that, but but. Uh, 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 as Ezra tells the story, uh, Solomon goes to Hiram of Tyre and says, I want to build a yeah. temple, and will you help me? And Hiram says, exactly. Chris, praise the Lord. Yeah, of course, naturally, yeah. the Lord, <laughs> the Lord he's, Hiram's praising is El. So yeah, this exactly. whole thing, uh, what I'm saying is, Karim, that, that uh, even though Ezra may have written the, the Solomon story and used and used a, 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 a Babylon, I, I think he may have used a, another Babylonian king as a model for it. Uh, he, but, but it backfired on him because what he ends up doing is he ends up making Solomon uh, into an lowest, whether he wants to or not. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. It, it, completely, it completely backfires on him, and, and uh, because yeah, uh, but but still Solomon's temple. Uh, you're right. It, 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 if it was there, it was it was probably Melchizedek's temple, and it was built by the Jebusites. And and if it, if it existed, and if it did, it probably looked very much like I think the Kaaba down in Mecca is probably a pretty close to model as to what it must have looked like originally. Now, how do how do you feel about that? Well, well, we we believe that the first the idea of the two pillars at the at the entrance door of the temple. The, uh, this idea of the two pillars goes back to San Juniaton, uh narration uh, 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 that was transported to us by Philo of uh, Biblos uh, and Eusebius, uh, the early church father, uh, the, the historian of the of the Roman Church. Uh, he mentioned the, the existence of the of the two pillars when Tyre was at the time under fire. And there was one guy who decided to move from the inland tire to the maritime tire because at the time the tire was uh, two places where there was the uh, the inland tire and the maritime tire. It was at the time of Alexander that the two uh, tire became one. So back then, thousands of years ago, when the fire happened, so this guy, this person, uh, decided to uh, cut a uh, cut a branch of tree and he sailed. Uh, to the uh, to the maritime tire, and he built two pillars, one for the fire and one for the wind. So the this is probably the first concept of a temple that is somehow uh, uh, resembles that somehow resembles the temple of Baal Melkart in Tyre and the temple of Shalim, and later uh, what has been called as the temple of Solomon, and even. Uh, we we believe that Enoch himself, when he reached the the uh, when he received the the Kabbalah, the authentic Kabbalah, which from the from the mm-hmm. word uh, uh, from the word Kabbalah, accepting Kabbalah Shay Kabbalah, 
accepted the the tradition from the angels of God that uh, that uh, their names all their names ends with the suffix l like Michael Gabriel and so forth. So they're all um, the uh, under the the one king the the king of the gods l Elion. It is very clear in the book of Enoch. And it goes uh, very obvious with the with the line of Jesus uh, later on. So Enoch, when he received uh, his vision and uh, and his teachings uh, from God, he decided to build uh, a semi-circular temple, uh, an open temple on Mount Hermon uh, uh, in Lebanon, and uh, he built uh, one uh, uh, pillar. Uh, and another pillar around an altar. And these two pillars, as I said, represent also the fire and the water, and they also represent esoterically a very important idea. They represent the vine and the and the wheat, the, the bread and the wine. And it goes directly, uh, we remember uh, when we say this, we remember Melchizedek and his ritual of bread and wine that was actually practiced by Jesus later on. So uh, this temple, this original temple that Jesus in the New Testament, he came to the temple and he said to them, you made my house, my house is a house of prayer, you made it a den of robbers. He was not at all related. His, uh, he was not at all uh, um, relating to the uh, to the Temple of Solomon, but he was uh, he was correctly mentioning and he was correctly telling them that you made the house of prayer, the house of Melchizedek, the house of Shalim, which is the son of El, because I am Emmanuel himself, I am El with us. You made this house a den of robbers. So the actual fact in the New Testament, there was definitely a great, a great uh, conflict between uh, Jesus and uh, his Assyrians friends and the Nazareans, uh, the Galilean people of uh, and of Mount uh, Carmel, and the Judeans, the Jews that existed in Jerusalem. A great conflict, a great different ministries, different gods. Um, and that is very clear in the New Testament. So we follow the line that Yahushu, which is also uh, known as Meyau Ad, who is Yah? We have to understand that Yah is the Phoenician god of water mentioned in the Ugaritic tablet. And this Yah is the same as Yam, mentioned uh, and, and worshipped on the Phoenician coastal cities. It's the god of water. But the Amorites, Yahu, entered uh, Mesopotamia uh, at the time of the, uh, the Amorites, 2,000 years, around 2,000 years B.C., uh, with Amorabi, the father of the Amorites. And this Yahu became known as Ea with the, with the Mesopotamian. So later on, with the Chaldean at the Neo-Babylonian era in the 6th century, 7th century B.C., this Ea, the same god of water, transformed into Iyawo. And this Iyawo is not anymore the god of water, is not anymore the god of healing, as it was at the time of the Phoenicians back then. And it is with, with Jesus, because he is also the healer. Yaushu Meyau saves. Yeah. Meyau heals. Meyau heals, yeah. And so this this Yao became known with the with the Chaldean as Yao, but it lost its its principle uh, of 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 healing as being the god of water and became a dual principle, a female and male god. This Yao became with the people who came from Babylon and or to the land of Canaan. They brought Yao with them, and they named it Yahweh. Having Yod yeah. Heva, Yod Heva, Kabbalistically are known as Yod Heva Yahweh, Adam and Eve. So the idea became uh, like this with the with the with the Hebrews and with the in Judaism. That is totally different from the concept of of uh, the Phoenician uh, idea of healing by water of Yahweh being himself Yahushu, being himself Emmanuel, being himself Jesus. 
being himself the son of God. The idea of son of God itself does not exist in Judaism. In Judaism, they have only prophets. But the idea oh, that's of, true. of uh, yeah, the idea of son of God that that is now here on earth, God himself to to save, purely an Egyptian uh, Phoenician uh, idea. Uh, speaking of uh, of uh, that, um, let me ask you. Uh, um, uh, we know that uh, that you know Ezra and his uh, and Nehemiah and, and that and that that crew uh, that they that they went through when they when they uh, they uh, meddled with the uh, with the Bible they they went through and 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 put YHVH everywhere they could possibly put it and, and exactly. attached it to L yeah they did. But uh, and and then when they finally when when they finally developed the their Kabbalah and their Kabbalah of course uh, as I imagine you know is all, is 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 uh, derived from both the Samaritan Kabbalah and and uh, the Greek Kabbalah of of, uh, of Marcus especially and and uh, when they finally developed their Kabbalah they did a lot of very very interesting gematria on on YHVH and some very impressive gematria on it uh, but um, uh, I'm wondering I know we have come up with. Uh, 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 with a uh, alternative tetragrammaton, and I'll tell you how that came about. Um, I originally, you know, being a golden daughter, I, I uh, used YHVH because the golden dawn did, and 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 uh, and we and, and we equated it with L, but we just we we fell into the same problem that the Samaritans had. That they ended up having to use YHVH, but you know the Samaritans every time they they saw when they were reading their their they, they were reading their version of the of the Torah every time they every time they would see YHVH they would pronounce it Shema, and oh. that's that's a you know like Shemat. Which which is uh, which is a form of tetragrammaton which we we which we ended up using, and that's that's uh, sha ma a ta uh, uh, shin uh, mem um, um, uh, lef uh, tau, and tau uh, you know being the being the last letter in the alphabet and and, and equated with uh, equated with Saturn right. Earth, so that that. Uh, the reason why we started to switch over from from YH uh, uh, from uh, using YHVH uh, just like the Samaritans were because the Golden Dawn did. And the reason why we switched over was uh, I invited a uh, at their request I invited a bunch of Hasidim uh, to one of our seasonals and uh, <laughs> they all came and we had a great. Time and we went out to go around the hinge, and we got out around the hinge, and out the de- the deacon came out to do a pentagram ritual, and when he when he um, intoned when he vibrated, yod hey wow hey, that's when all of our Hasidim guests proceeded to march out, and we never saw them again. And and at that point, I realized, hey, we we. That's their god, and, and they think we stole it, and so I think we're going to stop using it. <laughs> and so we decided, yeah, at that point, uh, and and uh, you know it's proprietary with them, and so so they don't like us using it. So I said, all right, that that convinces me. I'm going to we're going to use a, a more more ancient tetragrammaton. And and then of course later on we found out that the Samaritans were using uh, uh, Shemata, and even though they they <laughs> put the old day uh in the book, you know, uh, but uh, you know, which, which which now now are we on to something here that uh, that, that you that you could relate to uh, as far as your as far as uh, a Phoenician tetragrammaton? What do you think? Personally, I would like uh, I would prefer to use the the word. The, the the four letters of Elo. Uh, it is the 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 name that uh, Jesus when he was on the cross, he called Eli Elo. Uh, he actually uh, used this name and he used uh, a more different name uh, but the same thing. It's Abba, uh, Abba, which means Father. 
A-B-B-A. But he used definitely the word on the cross because the cross actually represents initiation, uh, death and resurrection. So at the time of his death and resurrection, Jesus called the father Eloah. So this name, E-L-O-H, is basically the name is basically the name that I would use in in such uh, in such rituals, and and mm. there is something that is very important to know that it's not what has been written in the New Testament. Uh, Eli, Eli, why have you forsaken me? Uh, this is totally a mis a mis uh, an error of translating the, the words that actually was said by Jesus in 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 Aramaic. He actually said. Eli Elo Ramash Bakhtani, which means Eli Elo, how much have you praised me? Or in the Peshitta version, in the Aramaic uh, Syriac version of the New Testament, it's for this moment you have spared me. You have spared me for this moment of absolute glorification. And uh, if we uh, read the, the great Gospel of John, this book, uh, this great book actually. In the, in the New Testament, a book of initiation uh, par excellence, uh, the book of John, uh, the Gospel of John, he uh, definitely mentions that all the scene that is happening around the, the crucifixion moment and all this time, Jesus was talking to Il, to his father, on one, one idea, the idea of glorification. The idea yeah. of glorification, which means death and resurrection. Right. And this is actually the third degree uh, masonry, the, uh, where the master mason resurrects uh, on the third degree, uh, which is mirroring the, the resurrection of Jesus after after three days and resurrecting all the phoenix uh, after three days from its ashes. It's the, the same idea. You know, uh, masonry uh, is an important uh, 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 thing to study an important uh, fraternity that that is somehow keeping the ancient tradition, but to a certain point, not all masons are enlightened, uh, and some of the masons have taken this in a in a wrong way. But it is very important that masons should go back to the original tradition, to the great white fraternity, that fraternity that existed at the time uh, of Masonic and Tutmosis the third. It's up to us to try to get them to do that, and 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 exactly. I have, uh, and and uh, we've been uh, we've been trying to do that, and and uh, and we've had some success with it. Uh, to uh, that's great. Uh, and 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 we will continue. To, uh, we'll continue. But now, before we before we run out of time here, I'd like to discuss your your uh, your your novel. You know, we we have we sort of been discussing Jesus the Phoenician, and uh, let's 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 talk a little bit about the Phoenician Code, because this is a very exciting book, and I'm a I'm a James Brown fan. I I, I enjoy his books. I don't always agree with them, just like I know you don't either. But then on the other hand, I, uh, you gotta we have to admit that that uh, yeah, he's a, he's a I'll give you a little clue. I don't I don't know whether you know this or not, but uh, Brown. Uh, Brown's uh, guru was was a, a, an American uh, writer by the name of Dean Kuntz, uh, and Dean Kuntz wrote a book, How to Write Best-Selling Fiction, and and uh, and Dan Brown uh, cut his teeth on that book, and finally, when he uh, when he finally got uh, um, uh, to uh, Da Vinci Code, he hit the formula. He hit the Dean Kuntz formula perfectly. And you do very well with it uh, using the same formula. I don't know whether you're deriving it from Brown or from Kuntz, but yeah, they, you follow the same formula of the Nation Code. It's a, it's a very, very well, very well constructed thriller. And, and uh, talk a little bit about that uh, if you would. I appreciate you. Your, your, our reader, our listeners need to know something about that book. So, so, so tell us about how what what you what you had in mind there and how you how you did it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's basically it's it preceded the the Jesus definition, uh, which is the academic book of uh, uh, of proving that Jesus was Phoenician, not Jew. The idea in the Phoenician code is just to uh, to put a thriller in the in the case uh, divided into two sections, which is part of it is uh, just. Uh, 
trying to 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 prove that the, the biblical Israel is not as the Bible is telling us. Uh, uh, there are no evidence for whatsoever, whoever, in this Old Testament. So, uh, and the second part of it is uh, trying to uh, make uh, uh, the uh, the case for Jesus' definition. So that was basically the idea, and I put it in a trailer just to make people uh, read that and uh, elementary point that I have been talking about these two essential points, these two fundamental points that uh, were later being uh, given in more details in his definition. But definition course is basically uh, trying to initiate, uh, trying to initiate somehow definition cult, definition tradition, that uh, the, the great white fraternity tradition, the monotheistic principles, uh, and during the rituals in definition course is uh, coincides very well with Milky Sadek and uh, to a certain extent with the with the wisdom of the ages that existed at the time. Now, uh, my only concern was in, in the book is I wanted to uh, to put the Templars in, in the story and to put the the Freemasons uh, in the story, which I did, uh, uh, and somehow considered some of them are not as good as they here and the other. Uh, uh, much better, um, and uh, which is a very important point to mention uh, to somehow resurrect the ancient uh, traditions uh, today. You have to understand uh, how things evolved and how it evolved. And why we are getting all this in the uh, is it is it coming from the white fraternity or the Babylonian brotherhood, which I consider a deviated a deviated uh, brotherhood from the original source? They deviated everything. They just falsified everything and corrupted everything. Uh, so what I'm trying to say in this initiation, I call it a story of initiation too, because it has a lot of meanings and a lot of symbols. Uh, Although it is a thriller, and you know, but but the main point is to get those people who understand really the tradition to go back to the tradition and hold back to it, because the truth is there, and the truth has been said like two thousand, three thousand years ago, but it has taken many shapes and many forms, and some of the of the truth has been, uh, 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 you know, corrupted by the Babylonian Brotherhood, so. Uh, at this age of revelation, because we believe that we are coming nearer and nearer to the age of revelation where all has to be revealed, where the truth is to be revealed. And I believe that the church is doing the same thing, and many other, like the Druzes in Lebanon, are uh, doing this, like uh, some of the Templars that I know, like the Osti Order of Order Souverain du Temple Initiatique, who are doing uh, some important work at revealing the truth. And your church, the Church of the Hermetic Sciences, I, I believe that it's now we come, we're coming now with moving from the individual consciousness into a collective consciousness, where we should, in a way, resurrect the phoenix again, resurrect the old tradition, and spread it to the world as it is, to make people understand the truth. Well, right now, That's my this point. is the most important thing that we can possibly do and and uh and I appreciate your uh we all appreciate your your work on uh on and, and on this mission because uh you're doing you're doing excellent work and you the books are the books are excellent. We're just about out of time and and uh um and uh next week we'll be back with another one of our paths on the Free of Life series be Netsock next Sphere of Nature uh next week. And uh and uh Karim, thank you so much for being with us and uh we'll uh, we'll see you Saturday night and uh, uh thank you Sandy. Well, of course we'll also see you Sunday afternoon when you do when you do your lecture at Glendale uh at Masonic awesome. Center. And and thank you so, uh, much. Thank you so much. Well, we're you you we're honored to have you and and uh and we'll be uh, and we'll be seeing you soon. And uh, take care and be well. Thank you. Thank you for okay. having me talk on the show, and uh, love and peace to all of you. Love and peace to you, too, and uh, good magic. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>